On this week of the last thing episode, we're going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. From the games to the movie. Because he's the fastest thing alive. He's the fastest thing alive. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Last Thing Podcast. I'm your co-host, John, uh, Mr. Toffee, the, <laughs> the Bandicoot, I guess. I'm not sure what animal I want to John be. John Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah, John Bandicoot. Okay, that's a different franchise altogether. And, and joining me is uh, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, up, up, down, left, right, left, right. Until you hear the rings, then you press start. <laughs> okay. Then you get to choose any stage you want, boys and girls. There you go. Pro tips here on the Last King Podcast. All right, straight out for Sonic Two. Awesome stuff, man. And of course, we're going to be talking about good old Sonic the Hedgehog, as you can tell from our intro from Sega's past games back in 1991 all the way to this year 2020 where we'll be talking a bit about the film that we just saw a couple of days ago because uh, we know it's going to be a sonic review and we we needed something nice to say so we might as well talk about the games i guess exactly yes yes we as old people who actually played old these games <laughs> back in the 90s sure why not because at the same time what better way to remember and recall the good times we had with the blue speed guy then, you know, talking about his old games. So we're taking it back all the way to 16-bit graphics with blast processing on your Sega Mega Drive. Sorry, yeah, not Americans. An actual, not an actual programming term. It's a marketing term, but sure. Yeah, we yeah. all know what blast processing is. Please, it's a yeah. way for your bad blast credit card when you buy it at Sega. <laughs> exactly. When you finally do well. Okay, over here. Like, And here's the thing, right? Uh, keeping it nice and personal, I got my Sega Mega Drive because I did very well for my PSLE examinations back in primary 6. I was 12 years old when I first was introduced to the world of Sonic the Hedgehog. And yeah, I deserved that Sega. I worked really hard for it, okay? Yes, you did, you did. It's not easy to get 4 A's, you know? <laughs> and besides, uh, I don't know. Uh, I did grow up with vi- like the video games, uh, as did you, I'm assuming. And the thing is, we are also of the generation where we... I think you started out with Nintendo, right? Uh, no, no, no. I actually did start out with the Mega Drive, and my first game was definitely Revenge of Shinobi. Oh. And that was like a year after the game came out, as I found out like 20 years later, basically. Which is like, kind of... I'm actually doing research for these things, you know? Okay, that's kind of strange, because I always thought of you to be a Nintendo guy, because you can... Well, you I did go about... back to Nintendo after playing through the Mega Drive, like because oh. I had friends who had the Micro Genius, they would bring it over, and we trade the consoles, trade it back and forth. They also had a Sega CD, which is really expensive at the time. But so. you were like a Rockman fanboy, so... I was, yes. I still am, actually. It's just that Mega Drive was actually my first console that I got from my dad after, you know, I did well in one particular primary school exam or something. You know? Exactly, you know. Yeah, uh, you just got again, like I said, you got to work hard for the video game credit. So, so we got to thank the education systems here in Asia for allowing us to play Sonic the Hedgehog, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that, you know, certain cartridges of special origins are cheaper than originals. So I guess that also influenced my dad's spending. Are we going to be talking process. about the uh, less than stellar pirating scene here in Asia? And uh, legendary- we've actually talked about that before. So <laughs> we, wrote, we don't want to start, you know, beating a dead horse, you know. So, I mean, like, but it did help. It did help in a sense to actually expand our gaming repertoire. I mean, if you want to go back to maybe season two, our filth and furry episode, we talked about nothing but furry video game mascots, which yes. included Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep, yep. And how they were all basically a reaction to Mario, which is the very impetus for Sonic as a character. Because when it comes to the history of Sonic the Hedgehog, I think a lot of people kind of think of him as the one true. Uh, counter to Nintendo's mustachio plumber and yeah. if anything it's like 
Uh, it's very hard for a lot of maybe younger viewers to understand what it is the big deal is about Sonic because for guys of our age, our stature, let's not call it our age, well, we're not that old. Okay, okay, okay. Well, okay, Um, the the classic generation. People. I would like to say uh, of all, us vintage gamers. <laughs> vintage, that's a better word. Thanks, man. Vintage. Classic vintage. gamers. Yeah, well, back in the day when I had Pong on my... Uh, <laughs> Oh, we had a Magnavox back in the day. Someone Nobody had a Magnavox back in the day. <laughs> but then again, I was one of those assholes who owned a Neo Geo too early, so like, mm, serves me, right? <laughs> wow, <laughs> you earned a lot of money just for Neo Geo, man. Those things are not cheap. You know, like when kids nowadays complain about like fucking PlayStations being $600 or $700, back in the day, a $200 cartridge? <laughs> yes, you know oh how expensive God. Fatal Fury was back in the 90s? Yeah. And it no was loading for the price of yeah two hundred bucks US or something yeah yeah and the thing is right, I would still piss off my I, I would still like kind of piss myself off like oh, I need to play in arcade still shit <laughs> okay okay but now I'm standing so Sonic the Hedgehog uh, has a lot of sentimental value for uh, especially the two of us here on the Last Game podcast because if anything it was uh, in our very formative years as gamers and mm-hmm. also it kind of nice to I would say it was probably at that time when it comes to the Mega Drive it was. Like, you know, you always had the friend who had the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And everybody had Nintendo. I had Nintendo as well. But, like, when the, the Mega Drive arrived, the first ever 16-bit console, I don't think it was the first ever, but I think it was the most popular, the one that did the best. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when that arrived, and it's like, you know, it was the, the cloud, you know, that playground cred, where it's basically, yo, I got the Genesis already. Wanna come over? We got Shinobi, we got Bare Knuckle, we got Sonic the Hedgehog, like, whoa. And it's like, I think you definitely would relate to this, right? When your friend who never saw a Sega comes over to your place and you like load up Sonic the Hedgehog and then they look at it and it's like, you can see like that the glimmer in the eyes like, what is this sorcery? Yeah, <laughs> why is it moving so fast? Why is know? none of the graphics glitching out like on my Nintendo or Micro Genius yeah. for us Asians? Yeah. <laughs> my god, I mean the first time when I'm playing Sonic and uh, you know, inviting my friends to play it like right after I can imagine, like, how the heck did this sorcery or this tech happen? Like, now we know that it's actually just really, really good parallax tech work from the programmer's side. But, Jesus Christ, to see this back then, mm-hmm. you know, when you go through marble, you go through the spring yard zone, everything, like, all the late, even the starlight zone as well, especially. This was oh, just so beautiful, you know. Well, the music especially, the starlight zone and has that too, yes. one of my favourite uh, tracks. Uh, from the from the first Sonic game, so yes, Sonic the Hedgehog was a game franchise that exploded in the '90s, which I would say single-handedly uh, put the Mega Drive over Nintendo before the Super Famicom slash Super Nintendo because it's like that shit was selling like hotcakes, and it had some of the best marketing ever. Because if you remember, there was Sonic Tuesday or something, where it was I think a, so yeah, it's yeah, the first video game to have a worldwide global release date. You know, and it's like it was such an event, and the fact also was like how so many uh, celebrity tie-ins and how so many people latched onto it, and it was also, I think, because it came out in '91, and it was like that whole mentality, like what we're facing right now with the whole oh, it's a new decade, it's time for new fashion, new trends, new things to happen. It was just maybe you know stars aligned because when that game came out, it was definitely it wasn't the death knell to Mario. It was definitely, but it was definitely a reason for Nintendo to look across and say like, oh, hey, a new challenger has arrived, finally. Yeah, and a decent, I mean, we're not talking, a decent challenger, we're not talking about like, TurboGrafx or the Atari Lynx back in the day, you know, trying to challenge Which them. Which had their place in time, okay? Yep. Let's just be fair, because like, the only 16-bit consoles worth owning back in the day was definitely 
the Super Nintendo slash Famicom, uh, the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis, or if you're like me, you had you had a Neo Geo and only two games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the way till college, I only had like fucking Fatal Fury 2 and King of Fighters 97. So it's like, <laughs> like, yeah, I got really good at that game. <laughs> so I would say like, um, it does hold on nostalgia. And I think the biggest question we're going to be definitely asking later when we do the movie review is like, for a lot of people, like, who is this for? Because I would say the current popular opinion on Sonic the Hedgehog is that he's a little bit off-brand. No, I wouldn't say off-brand. That's the wrong word. I would say he's... I wouldn't say he fell out. I mean, he still is out there and around, but it's not nowhere as close to the cultural resonance he had back in the glory days of, like, Sega 16-bit era. Because, oh, that like, was, like, the magical era when, you yeah. know... You need a competitor to actually get, you know, get your message across against like Mario or Nintendo per se. Yeah, and also the fact is like, it also started an entire genre because if you recall our season 2 episode, The Filth and the Furry, how everybody had to shit out their own furry mascot platformer game. You know, from oh. Rocket Knight Adventures to whatever. Oh, I can I can name you a couple right now. No, uh, Arrow awesome the Acrobat, po- Awesome yep. Possum, Cheetah, what's it? Chester uh, Cheetah. Chester Cheetah, yes, he had his own game. Oh my god. Uh, Socket the Electric Duck from Victor Kai. Uh, High Seas Havoc from Data East. Oh, uh, even, too many. Even Rystar kind of kind of. Yeah. Uh, Rystar, no, no, he's more like the he's not. Fast. He's not like the left to right speedster 2D platformer. He's like a different kind of platformer. I mean, even fucking Fido Dido from the 7 Up commercials had his own platforming game. Yes, it's crazy. And then he was later usurped by fucking Cool Spot, which was the red dot of the 7 Up logo. Yes. So it's like, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog not only provided uh, a strong counter to the dominance that was Nintendo back in the day, but it created a genre. And it's like all these companies, you know, Data East, uh, fucking like. I don't know, uh, what's that one? Uh, the one who did uh, Arrow the Acrobat. Uh? Uh, that's uh, one part of Suns- Iguana Games. Iguana Games. And then there was Sunsoft as well, right? Like all yeah. these companies, if as long as you had a furry mascot platformer, you made money. And nowhere, like nobody, but the thing is, right, everybody realized, right, okay, these are all fun and they all had their own little gimmicks because you couldn't do the fast thing because yeah. that's Sonic's shit. Okay, Sonic was just way faster, faster than Mario. But then, like, you know, you had, you know, uh, say Zero the Kamikaze Scroll. Okay, he's not fast. He glides, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's not like speed parallax stuff, like what Yuji Naka did for the games and his team, you know? The Sonic yeah. team. And I will say this, right? Uh, I mean, even if you've never played a Sonic game, right? Those games fucking hold up. Yes. Like, especially Sonic 2 for me and Sonic CD. If you can find a version of it. I know they all exist on Steam right now. Yeah. You can buy it on Honest... Uh, the Humble Bundle and the good old games, I believe you can find it there too. Yeah, you can definitely get it. And then those are, I would say, if you are a um, connoisseur of video games, right, those are essential to any collection. Okay, Those are hands down classics, I would say, in the Pantheon, some of the greatest video games of all time. And I would say, I mean, like, what, for you yourself, what is your personal favorite Sonic game? Um, I would actually agree. I would actually um, say that part two would be like, the best one for me, but the one that actually holds dear to my heart was definitely three and Sonic and Knuckles. When at the time I didn't did not know that you know both games you can actually combine it together because of lock on technology and stuff. Oh, the cartridge because, in the cartridge, right? Yeah, because back in the day, like they were, I think the team was really trying their best to push this game out at a particular date, but they couldn't make it, so they had to delay it for a couple of months and then just release Sonic three, and it, and we didn't know until later that it was actually half a game. And then mm. when Sonic and Knuckles came in, when you combine it together, yes, it made more sense that this is an entire epic adventure. Like, 
what I enjoyed about Sonic 3 and Knuckles, apart from, you know, how big the levels were and how epic the journey was from from uh, Angel Island all the way to Death Egg and, like, when you get the Chaos Emerald, you get one extra special stage, which is batshit tough, by the way. Mm. Like, it's also the music transitions I enjoyed. Like, you know, like, when you play Sonic 2 and Sonic 1, the music is going to be the same for, like, each level in one particular zone. But in Sonic 3, they upped the game. Basically, they take the same light motifs for one particular zone and then they made like edits to it for the second stage which yeah. I actually appreciated like when you compare Hydro, Zo- uh, Hydro City Zone stage 1 and 2 it's the same beats but then they change the tone a little bit make it a bit darker make it a bit more faster paced you know because of the how the level changes up matches with the music so I really enjoyed that aspect of yeah. Sonic and Knuckles I noticed that too because it's like the only time I ever noticed change in video game music was probably in Street Fighter 2 when the music starts to get more uh, anxiety driven when it comes to close to when you have less life yeah, yeah, this is the same idea with Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but, you know, for, like, maybe, like, a one-minute loop or, like, a one-and-a-half-minute kind of loop. Yeah, and also, we also need to kind of, uh, you know, give props to the King of Port for being somehow maybe involved in Sonic 3. Oh, it's because... confirmed. He actually did some of the beta stuff was actually in Sonic 3, um, in the credit scene, in the credit music for that. And this was around the Dangerous era, right? Because, yep, like, yep. some tracks, like, when you hear some of his songs and you hear some of the Sonic 3 tracks, it's like, it's th- that's the melody. And, I, was, I mean, there's a whole rabbit hole of YouTube videos for you to just go and get yourself lost in if you want to go and, like, follow up on this. Yeah, and yeah, basically, Michael Jackson's relationship with Sega, which is very kind of close, you know? Dude, like, they, since they made Moonwalker, dude. Since Moonwalker, yeah. Yeah, even before that, because I would say, like, I mean, Michael Jackson was, like, in the world's biggest kid, and, like, of course yeah. he would own all the video games. Yes. And, like, you know, yeah, since Moonwalker and, like, all his other. But, I mean, it's also kind of sad because they had to remove his association with Sonic 3 due to uh, certain things happening in his own personal life. So, okay, anyway, enough talk about that. Uh, I might need to edit all of this out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Too much yeah. of attention. It actually, got, it actually ties into like the time when 90s was, you know, rife with gaming and real nostalgia, as well as, you know, Sonic, they actually made a lot of people enjoy playing the Mega Drive games because of how charismatic the Blue Blur was. I would also say this, right? I mean, a lot of people would give credit to his character design and attitude and like how 90s he is, right? But and how would, the levels were, especially the game itself was good. Exactly, because like, what I really want to touch upon the fact, right? It's like, if the games weren't good, no matter how cool or how like focused tested your character was, it wouldn't have sold anything. Sonic the Hedgehog is a masterclass in video game design because it took the best of what like games like Mario and other platformers did, and it started having like flat, very level platforms. Right? Okay, they introduced new imaginative, creative design levels. You had slopes, you had loop-the-loops, you had things that nobody had ever seen before. Multi-screen, like, vertical stages too, you know, from definitely. top to bottom. And that's also another thing, because it's like, when you play any Mario game, sure, a pipe will take you to another stage, technically, and, like, you know, uh, the mind's eye will, like, imagine it as, like, okay, this is the under-level of this stage, but you're actually loading another screen. Whereas there was a verticality in the Sonic the Hedgehog games, right? And it's because it is a 16-bit game. And then, like, you know, the amount of RAM and the amount of storage you had on that, and the things you could do with the graphics and also with the size of the levels played such an important, uh, I would say, role in making those games so memorable because mm-hmm. not only did it kind of up the ante when it came to the velocity game of like something like Mario, because Mario did introduce acceleration into platforming as one of the earliest platformers, but Sonic took it to a whole new level and introduced velocity. Because, yeah. like, you know, sure, Mario can run really fast and you can like crouch at the last minute when a squeeze through that 
uh, that little uh, gap in, in the wall. But Sonic, if you went fast enough, you could go loop the loop. You can go, you can launch yourself off from a ramp up into the stratosphere and discover there's a whole bunch of rings up here. Yeah, you like know? a rings or even a special shield that's hiding somewhere yeah, in a platform like, at the top. You, like, you know, and if you launch yourself over onto like different platforms, you realize there's more stage up here as well with secret like computer boxes and like uh, markers and levels and enemies. It's like it also presented to you like, and, and that's the genius about Sonic the Hedgehog. As much as everybody hyped up about the fact that yeah, it's, it's a kind of a game where you just need to go fast from left to right. But if you explored the level, if you decided to just go and get lost in the world that, that was presented to you, and the, the, the secrets and the stuff that you could discover, it had everything Mario did, but ex I would say times 10 to maybe even 100 in the sequels. And like, uh, I mean, this was definitely like, you know, like them throwing down the gauntlet because it wasn't until Nintendo... Nintendo actually had to get off their ass and release a 16-bit system. And the only thing is that, like, Super Mario 3, as amazing as that game is, right, I would say it still doesn't hold a candle to the greatness of Sonic 2. Yeah, I'll Sonic be fair 3. about it. No? And, so, and to me, it's like, Mario 3 is one of the greatest games of all time. But it was not until fucking, like, uh, Mario Adventure or Mario Island. Which uh, was Mario on, World, right? For Super Nintendo? My bad, yeah, Mario World. So it wasn't, until Mario Super, World. it wasn't until Super Mario World where it was like, okay, finally... We, we, we are on par. We finally can match up with what Sonic the Hedgehog is doing. But by then, Sonic 3 had come out on, and Sonic and Knuckles. And also, like you mentioned, like the genius in like, that's the first time we've seen a video game uh, quote-unquote expansion. Yes, in cartridge form. In cartridge yeah. form, which blew us away too. Because it's like, when you look at something like the Super Nintendo, it's like, they make great games, RPGs mostly. Mm -hmm. And then, like, when you see something like uh, the Sega Genesis, and then, like, you, all you can think about is innovation because it's like, oh, yeah, uh, this is actually pretty cool because you could literally stick the Sonic 2 cartridge into the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, and now you can play as Knuckles in part 2. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, again, like, as a kid, it's like, what sorcery is this? How yeah. does this make sense? How does this work? And it's happening on my Sega. Oh, my God. Mom, you gotta see this. You know, it's such value for money. Especially, I mean, I think that's also the genius move because in terms of marketing, you can convince mom and dad like, look, you buy this game and it's like that other game you bought which you're afraid that your son will like, you know, forget about. They'll start playing that again too. So, so much value. Don't yeah, you think? replay value, dude. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of like haunts me to this day. It's like, why didn't they keep doing that? That would have been so amazing. Imagine if like, like what we mentioned, like something like Street Fighter, where it's like, instead of buying a whole new game with the new characters, Give them the expansion one, sell it kind of cheaper, and yeah. like you, you, clock, you, you stick one cartridge into the other one. And it's like, oh, okay, now you have all the stages and all the new characters. Ooh, I think at around that time, um, Sega, I think the the Japan side weren't happy with how America was running things. So that guy, um, what's he called? Uh, Tom Kalinsky. He was a guy who made sure that Sonic One was actually packed together with like the what's it, the Mega Drive when they were selling around the 90s, 91, like that. But no, so I think was, around that time, I think Japan was kind of like on their heads up their asses. They didn't want America to interfere. They wanted everyone to listen to how Japan run things. So he was obviously fed up, the American guy, he left. And that's when you start seeing like the 32X or the Sega Saturn costing a lot back then because of all the decisions that Japan were trying to make and try to mandate. I and they should so actually too. let the Americans handle it. I would even say that, but I would say like, I mean, Sega as a company, it's like, the strange thing about them, right, and also like, I mean, despite the fact this is going to be a Sonic episode, but we also need to mention like, why, 
the decline of Sonic wasn't just in the fact that uh, the character started to kind of overstay his welcome and like sure we didn't get a Sonic 4 until maybe a couple of decades later which yeah, wasn't that then, great that game wasn't good actually. it wasn't that great but you know it was, it was nice to see one but it was mm-hmm. like I would say uh, I think a lot of people will also have to kind of like you know especially those younger yeah. uh, the reason why Sonic kind of lost popularity was not because of the quality of the games but because the company itself was facing a little bit of an identity crisis because if you recall uh, like they shut out the 32X which had Doom packed in for some reason yeah and this the time they had the Sega CD prior to that, yeah, right? Yeah, the Sega CD it. didn't really do that well. But it was definitely the definitive version of Snatcher for all you Kojima fanboys yes. out there. <laughs> so get that version. Uh, and yeah, of course, Night Trap in the US, which was, it wasn't a big deal here in Asia because I owned a copy of Night Trap and I thought like, there's nothing here worth masturbating to, so I don't see the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, yeah, and Sonic CD... That's uh, the reason the better, to get this. Yeah. And Sonic CD... Okay, so, so for me, Sonic CD is the best of the 16-bit era Sonic games because that game the size of it the music because now you're not you're not getting those like no compressed MIDI quality files anymore yeah, you get CD stuff you dude. get WAV files on a CD audio that you could stick into your CD player and you just hear the songs you know, like, yeah. again what sorcery is this something that like PlayStation would kind of lay claim to later like oh you like Final Fantasy you can listen to the songs in your CD player like fucking Sega did it back like 5 years earlier you know what I mean yes but like speaking of PlayStation, like how did Sonic fall off in the early days? It wasn't the the mascot, it wasn't the game. It was the fact that Sega going through the identity crisis. Then they had to release like the sixty four, or then came the Saturn, because the Saturn was an amazing little system. But Sega was kind of trying so hard to kind of up the ante with the hardware. They were kind yeah. of losing focus on what truly it is that the gamers wanted, which is just quality games. And like you know, Nintendo just held back they didn't do anything they decided to let sega kind of play itself out because after the saturn then came the unfortunate dreamcast which is one of the greatest consoles of all time but that was like the too little too late console like it it was a great console with great games but but it never stood a chance because by then the true juggernaut the playstation dropped and then it's like no one stood a chance because once final fantasy decided to say like you know fuck off from like the, the the famicom and move on to the, the, the PlayStation where it de- deserves to be because then you get larger levels with the CD like the, the amount of storage on the CD and the quality of the music and, and yeah. the cutscenes and the story and everything yeah that was important and so that worked like, out really well so it was definitely all these little metagaming factors that was that led to the downfall of Sega in general which unfortunately took you know the blue boss ball with them and yeah. you know it came to a point where Sega had to stop being a hardware company now they're just fully just a publisher or developer oh and tying into sonic there was actually supposed to be a sonic game coming out to uh on the saturn but from sonic uh 3d blast on the mega drive all the way to sonic adventure there was basically like a huge gap of like where the heck is a sonic game for the saturn or for the 32x or you know for the mega drive but apparently it never happened there were pictures of it in magazines here and there like i was actually waiting for them to release the damn game so i have a good reason to buy a Sega Saturn somehow but it never happened so. I mean we also need to point to the fact that a lot of the developers and a lot of publishers were kind of burned out by the fact that they gave no support to the 32X and then like you have to imagine this like a lot of companies have to come out and like put man hours and development time into creating games for the 32X 
and then to discover that it wasn't going to be supported in about six months because they're going to drop the Saturn. Yes. You know, yeah. And despite the fact that fucking Radiant Silver Gun and Guardian Heroes are amazing games, yes. there's literally no other reason to buy a Sega Saturn unless you wanted like an arcade quality, perfect version of Virtual Fighter 2. Or X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Or X-Men. The memory card thing, yeah. But it's kind of laggy. I'll just say this. <laughs> yes. I own that thing. It didn't work as well as you thought it would. I don't know, for all you nostalgia fucks out there who thinks like, oh, that is the true version. No, it's not! No, the true version's in the arcade. The true yeah. version's in the arcade, you know? <laughs> or whatever, you know, yeah, I'm still waiting for Capcom to release that collection, huh? All the X-Men uh, versus, uh, from, like, fucking Children of the Atom, Marvel superheroes, all the way up to Marvel, what, Infinite now, right? Uh, yeah, Infinite, which people kind of forgot, yeah. Forgot, it didn't even stand a chance. That game <laughs> ate shit when it came out, okay? Yes. What? We're gonna have a team-based fighters with only two players and characters nobody cares about? And, and, and the mm. same cast, and literally the same cast from Marvel's Capcom 3. Yes. No, with not even entirely. Graphics. Yeah. Not even entirely, because like a lot of the X-Men characters did not even make it through. Due yeah, to the okay, Disney you're right. Bio. Yes, no X-Men characters. There's right. no Magneto, there's no Wolverine. Like, okay, okay, is Doctor Doom in it? Maybe, kind of. Who needs Doctor Doom? Hey, everybody, it's Ultron from that movie nobody really remembers. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Alright, uh, you get to play as Thanos! It's like, yeah, we've always been able to play as Thanos since Marvel's yeah. kept Marvel, what was it? MBC2, MBC2, yeah. No, Marvel Superheroes as well. That's his first yes. appearance. Yes. He was and the final Dr. boss. Well. Yeah. yeah, and the, the two of them were, they were the Saga and Vega of uh, uh, the X-Men universe. Yep, yep. Yeah. Only to be trumped by, uh, who was the next? Oh, Apocalypse, the, the giant version. <laughs> where uh, he just fought his arm technically. <laughs> I think things might change uh, since, you know, Disney kind of are reworking how they're handling games and uh, publishers and developers. But I think it's all again, talk. I think it's yeah, all talk. I know it's talk, but again, we have to see to believe it, lah, you know. I mean, I also noticed like the news that came out that, you know, if you want to use our characters, go ahead. And the first thing that came to my mind is, so are we still going to get an epic Mickey 3? No? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, right? Mm. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking about all your characters because the world needs a Quackshot reboot. Yes, quite short. Yes. <laughs> All right, hands down. The world needs a proper DuckTales game, okay? Yeah. As much as I love the original DuckTales on the, the, the Nintendo. No, Quackshot um, was smarter. I actually prefer that. Quackshot yeah. is, yeah, yeah, was much better. You get to traverse the world, and the plunger mechanic was kind of kind of fun. Yeah. But I want, I love me some DuckTales. Uh, uh, DuckTales Remastered was fucking disappointing to me. Uh, how it's just like, it's the same game with just, you know, vector graphics. And like, hey, my copy still doesn't work. I need my refund. <laughs> oh, damn. It still awesome. glitches out on the last page when the curtains open. Somebody mm -hmm. fix that shit, okay? Ah, notwithstanding. So yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog has a very special place in our heart because it was definitely arrived during the very formative times in our, in our video game careers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand, this is before like actual like pop culture defining video games. Like, like the only one I can think of back in the 90s was definitely Street Fighter 2 because Street Fighter 2 was definitely universally acclaimed. Mm -hmm. Something like Sonic the Hedgehog, like, okay, um, you heard about it because when you remember back in the day when you used to buy video game magazines, kids, remember Game Pro or the Electronic Gaming Monthly, and then you just wanted to see, and those lovely, like, two page spreads where they would show the entire level mapped out yep, for yep. you. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Oh my god, I still remember this one ad where basically, like, it's like, turn the page. You know, and then you turned it again. Oh, you missed him or something. And then who pressed the pause button at one of the pages there? You know, it was yeah. a nice. It was really nice uh, marketing, basically. Oh god, the Genesis does what's in Nintendo, right? Especially that, that. Yes, this is good stuff. I don't know, but it's like 
Sonic the Hedgehog was definitely a key part of what I would call the true console war because back then, the battle for uh, your child's attention between the Nintendo and the Sega Mega Drive was definitely in full effect because like when people mention any kind of console war now is like you know there is no console war you people just buy playstations nobody has a reason to buy xbox one you might own a switch because you love mario and zelda i own a switch yeah. and it's like yeah sure but it's like whenever like people mention any sort of a console war especially how they're trying to bring it up again because now it's a uh, project Xbox X and like the PS5. Xbox Series X is it? And then yeah, uh, the Xbox 5? X and the PlayStation 5 is like, oh, a whole new console war. I'm gonna call it. This is gonna be the last console generation because none of that technology makes sense anymore. Because we're not pushing graphics, we're not pushing fidelity, we're not pushing gameplay. I think they're pushing just load times, that's it. Or lack thereof. You know, they're just cutting that. Nah, I'm gonna stuff up. I'm gonna call it this, right? Xbox is definitely gonna do what Steam failed to do and build an online marketplace, which is what they're doing now with Games Pass. Mm-hmm. And not only that, they're building a, a gaming PC without the fluff of an operating system and like you know additional things to get in the way. Because yeah. to me, it feels like that this is this is the, the true destiny of video games right now. Because, it's like the logical choice, something that's affordable and yeah, yeah actually that's, that's it, just affordable. It because it's like sense. the only way to trump whatever PS5 is doing. And PS5 is kind of struggling now because uh, the numbers are out like there. It costs 400 to $500 just to put one together. So the price point entry for the PS5 is a bit suspect because if they come out of the gate saying this is a $700 console again. Yeah, no. And no it's way, like, man. look, we're not going to pay that amount of money because we learned our lesson from the PS3 and at least the PS4 had a nice collection of games for us, not something worthy to buy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think it's still too close to the PS4 because the PS4 has not run out of Steam yet. No, there I is... think they still got some good years left. I mean, this year would be like Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I would say this, right? And in terms of video gaming in general, right? Because like, if you look at all current trends, Nobody needs a fucking PS5 to play fucking Dota or League of Legends or Fortnite. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is like, yeah, you, I mean, there's definitely going to be the Fortnite package when the PS5 drops. There's definitely going to be like the, I don't know, what would be the equivalent for the Xbox. You know what I mean? Mm, through that, yeah, yeah. And like, sure, Xbox o- owns Mojang or more. And then it's like, oh yeah, oh. Minecraft, Minecraft. Yeah. So here's the Minecraft edition of the, 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 the Xbox sex and it's like, why we own it already you know like yeah. there's no news of anything to, to even want to buy those consoles so whatever announcement they make right either it has to be good it has to at least make sense la, in the grand scheme of things and i would say this right and this is just me putting on my financial head right is like the only thing that would make xbox viable is to change the ecosystem and is to kind of totally eliminate uh, this based games from now on and make it all about the subscription service because xbox game pass for what they're charging and the library attached is actually a sweet deal. It's very good. Uh, Not just for the PC version, but also for the Xbox version. Both of them together. And the fact is, it's cross-platform. So you can definitely, like you there with the Gears of War 5 on the PC can play with somebody on Xbox. Whoever owns that version on Xbox One, like, oh, hey, there he is. You know what I mean? But it's like, uh, how, how's that machine holding up for you? And of and, course... And I think Ninja Gaiden is coming out too. I think it's either this week or the next. I'm not sure. But yeah, I saw the announcement memory. from Team Ninja. It's like, I got the tweet. It's like, Ninja Gaiden 2 finally out on Xbox One. It's like, thank fucking God, finally. Because that game is fucking unplayable on the Xbox 360. Because if you go anywhere beyond master, like uh, on the harder difficulties, yep. it's like, 
the game can't render that many enemies. <laughs> oh shit, this is master difficulty, right? Yeah, master difficulty. Like, I could never 100% that game because especially when you do stage 11, the staircase battle, when mm. all that shit comes at you and the game <laughs> yeah. just decides to freeze and turn into a slideshow and you need to not only predict fucking exploding shurikens, which is a pain in the ass for that game, yeah. but also the fact of the matter is like, all right, anything is going to kill me right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, it be- and I would say this like, long time coming again Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2 greatest video games ever hands down I said it I've been saying it since season 1 <laughs> yes you have yeah. okay I'm true to my character like if you haven't gotten Ninja Gaiden 1 or 2 I mean you, you can start with 2 but you can get 1 just nail especially the black edition with like all the challenge stages and the fucking uh, that impossible the mission mode like I miss that so much I wanna yeah. play that shit again I guess right now they're bringing that they're not really bringing that in action games more like for games like Neo or uh, Sekiro or like Dark Souls like I mean the only one play. still holding it up is fucking Devil May Cry which actually came out with a very spectacular sequel in DMC5 mm-hmm. yes yes even though yeah I'm sorry but DMC is still the superior Devil May Cry game fight me yeah, yeah. you know I'm right okay uh, but <sighs> Yeah, quite a tangent from Sonic, come think of it. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the thing, it's like when it comes to games like Sonic the Hedgehog, right? We can go on and on about all these other games and all these other franchises because our tastes have matured with the ages. I mean, yeah. we're not gonna be play- playing platformers forever, even though every once in a while, yeah, sure, I'll load up Mark of the Ninja just to get all those achievements again. Yeah, but times always change. I mean you're gonna have to evolve mm. from 2D platforming to first person shooters. Or action games, you know, like Devil May Cry. Yeah. It goes on, like a progressive thing. But there is still a scene because there is still all those guys who like, you know, fuck Cuphead, which is one of our favorite games ever. Yeah. And okay, there you go. Platformers still make sense. They're still relevant in the day and age. And if you want to talk about speed-based platformers, there's also like some of these like uh, tiny developer groups from Brazil and whatnot. They create games like Spark the Electric Jester and uh, Freedom Planet, which are basically Sonic clones, but... Mm. They took the lessons they learned from the 90s games and then they made their own thing. They give like Sonic like a rocket boost or whatever or different mechanics to make the game and the exploration a lot more fun. Yeah, or you know what? In essence, all these games, like I can even point to like one of our games in the year of last year, Dead Cells. Ah, yes, the 2D games. That is a direct descendant of every platformer. People will say it's just what happens when Castlevania has Sonic the Hedgehog speeds. Mm-hmm. There you go. Or even give like Katana Zero. It's like, there you go. It's like platformers will... I'm, I'm just going to say it. Till the end of time. They are the perfect entry point for everybody. When If you've never played a video game before, start with the platformer. Learn basic collision detection and jumping mechanics and platforming and just, you know, spacing and like, you know, momentum. It's like, once you start there, then fuck, the world opens up for you. Then you can go to fighting games, FPS games, RTS games, and then just things make sense. And I will say this also, it's like, why do, like, you know, whenever uh, parents buy video game consoles for their kids, right, they always default to Nintendo because they always know that the branding and the marketing, but also the fact that there's going to be a Mario game there that your kid can play and that's his entry point because it's not too challenging. It's not too, uh, I would say, in your face with violence or with, like, attitude or whatever. It's just sweet, wholesome, pure joy for you to kind of, you know, you know that's your baby steps and then, then you graduate from there. So I would say like Sonic the Hedgehog definitely 
has more than enough reason to make a big comeback when it comes to the video games. We can definitely, the world needs a new Sonic game, but done sincerely. Yeah, you know done I mean? with love and hopefully like from the same mindset that Yuji Naka and his Sonic team had back in the 90s, you know. And I don't think they'll ever come back to this because it's like, well, well technically, I guess you could see glimpses of that in like the future Sonic games. Like we're talking like we fast forward slightly to 2011 and 2017 where we get respectively um, Sonic Generations that combine both mm. the 2D platforming segments and the 3D segments for Or even those Dash zones. games on the, the Game Boy Advance. Those are actually pretty oh, excellent. Oh, yeah, Sonic, Sonic uh, Rush and Advance. Those were good. Yeah, so it's like, they will always have a place. And especially, like, I don't know, because there's nothing that makes more sense right now than for there to be a Sonic game, a new Sonic game, a full-size Sonic game on the Switch. And I have no idea why nobody's doing that. Because the thing is, like, it's not a license issue anymore. Sonic has appeared in Smash Brothers. Okay, he is kind of technically a free agent, you know? He's an independent contractor. You can put him in on anything. And you know what? Put him on the fucking phone. Because he's like, you've seen those Temple Run games. Those are basically Sonic Adventure clones. I think they have something like that. Sega did do that before. I think they're getting quite a... I'm not sure if it was cancelled yet, but they did release that a couple of years ago. Oh man. Like an automatic jungle run kind of game, the auto runners. With yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, they have released that, but I don't know whether it's still around or not, but definitely came out. Yes. Mm. So there you go. I mean, Sonic will have a special place in our hearts because, yeah, nostalgia factor and the fact that, again, we were kids when it came out and it just stuck with us. It's one of those things we had when we were growing up. Yeah. And so, then we're always going to be these, we're always going to be the kind of guys who'd be like, someday, somehow, in the near future, someone's going to make a proper 3D Sonic game. I don't, I don't want know how that. it's going to happen, but it, it will happen because, you know, the past few 3D Sonic games, they're not really the best. None of them were that good, I'm sorry. Especially exactly, to yeah. all you fucking Sonic Adventure fanboys 1 and 2, they're not that great, okay? They, they, they didn't age well, definitely. They, they did not didn't. Age well. Okay, they're lock on mechanics, and Sonic, and I'll say this to the end of time Sonic doesn't work in 3D. Yeah. That you San know, Francisco truck scene was pretty cool in the first part of Sonic 2. Uh, Adventure 2 but that's it that's the only good thing I can say about that I would know? say this like I mean like uh, I think another problem with Sonic the Hedgehog right, is because he is tied to a certain genre but also a, a certain generation because it's like whatever kids are playing right now it's like there's there's no cross appeal for a platformer it's it's a niche game like, you can have amazing games like Cuphead or even uh, Dead Cells, or even Hollow Knight come out, right? Or even Owlboy. Like, but they're not going to do the kind of numbers as yeah. fucking Fortnite or as fucking League of Legends. So I also kind of understand why Sega, in terms of business, just pure like counting beans, is like, mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense to spend money to shit out a Sonic game because there is no market for it like it used to be back in the day. Because back in the day, we did not have this amazing variety of genres or technologies where we can explore different avenues. I would say this also, right? Sonic the Hedgehog as a VR game would be interesting. If you want to do if you want to do the whole thing, right? And like, don't even make it a game game. Just make it like basically, um, you know, the, like those classic racing games where you basically you just, you know, uh, track left, track right, track left, track right. And you just avoid shit in VR. And imagine the, the, the sheer joy of going through a loop-de-loop -loop in first person. It's like, so this is what it feels like. Yeah, and then I'm going to throw up after five minutes. <laughs> you definitely throw up after five minutes because the velocity is not going to match your eardrums, right? Yeah. Uh, but 
I mean, there is so many possibilities, but also, like, yeah, if you were to counterweight, you know, the financials and the reasons for developing this, and the fact that tastes have moved on so far since then, I mean, like, Mario can still exist right now because like, you can put him in an open world game and he makes sense. Yeah, you could put him in a party game, you could put him in a racing game, a Mario Kart. His branding is RPG too strong. Dude. <laughs> like, they put him in a fucking, like, uh, a Tetris clone with Dr. Mario and that worked too. Yeah, and his yeah. branding is too strong. So, the only thing that Mario doesn't have against Sonic the Hedgehog is a decent live-action movie. <laughs> yes, which we're going to go to. Yes, that's a lovely segue. So we're going to be talking about the Sonic movie, which came out, uh, I believe it's on Valentine's weekend, I believe. Uh, for us here in Singapore, it just came out maybe three days ago. It, uh, this is opening weekend. Uh, okay, so okay. I'm very interested to see the numbers. And for some strange reason, a lot of movies are not coming on Singapore very much until very much later. Like, we're not even going to get Gentlemen until next week. Oh man, that's a good movie, yeah. But anyway, when you bring up numbers, um, Sonic did pretty well. I mean, it got like it 100 million. It smashed the box office. I'm so yes. happy for it. 100 million worldwide. Like, yeah, crazy stuff, dude. Yeah. And I would say this, right? I think it's not just nostalgia factor. It's also the fact that there's nothing else to watch. But I think more importantly, there's still something about his design and something about the fact that... Okay, there's two factors. There's the fact that it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, his brand recognition is still strong because yep. he he's still relevant in the pop culture landscape. He's not top 10 best, most recognizable characters of all time. You know, like those college kids and uh, the high school students who played Sonic back in the day? Yeah. They probably brought their kids for this, more or less, you know? Not just that, but I would also say like the fact that he still exists somehow in some format. Like he appeared in Smash Brothers or like, you know, Let's not even mention the fact that he is for DeviantArt community. <laughs> on the DeviantArt community, that version of Sonic the Hedgehog. And the fact that this is like his cartoons yep. are still being played in reruns on stuff like Toonami or whatever, like Cartoon Network, right? Uh, both the... I think it's the Dick Entertainment shows and the anime as well. Because anime, there was Sonic X and there was the OAVs that came out beforehand. Mm. Which so was like... weird, but I can see why they did that. You know, capitalize on Sonic whenever possible when Adventures came out so I wouldn't even say capitalize I would say like is what they're doing with fucking like you know the Metal Gear branding is like like what Konami is doing is like yeah we own this brand we don't know what to do with it just slap the name on something or just put that character out there because salaries need to be paid people yeah. need to get their bonuses in time for Christmas so I mean it totally makes sense why like you know it, it's, it is their brand it is their property they can do whatever they want with it and even a comic oh, let's not let's not let's not Forget to mention that the Sonic Archie's comic is probably like the longest ever series that Since ran the on from 94. Right? It's still from 94 right? to like I think 2017. Oh, 93 to 90 to 2017, where they abruptly shut down to change the distribution. They get the distribution rights to IDW this time, which I'm very surprised by because like there's a lot of uh, rhetoric online where basically like oh who's this for? There's nobody cares about Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, they he's do. still around. He's still a thing. The only thing is. Everybody points to the fact like, oh, he, he hasn't had a good video game since the Sega CD. It's like, yeah, but he as a brand, he is fucking like Pikachu. He's fucking like Hello Kitty. He's out there. He's he's out there as a brand mascot, you know? And yeah, we can safely say there hasn't been a solid Sonic game since the 16-bit era. But and the brand is super strong, dude. Like It's you said. super strong. And like, you know, for people to say like, oh, they don't know where this came from or who is this for? It's like, there is a gigantic audience for this. And the fact of the matter is, right, um, also, when I mentioned there's two things, mm -hmm. so the other thing is people who are wondering about that trailer. 
which uh, yes, yes. dropped a couple of months back, which we also reacted to very negatively. Yes. And if you recall, it's like our first reaction is this is pure nightmare fuel. Who the fuck signed off on this? Yeah. And also at the same time, uh, speaking of due diligence, one of the first occurrences where a studio actually openly admitted we're gonna do some straight up course correction. Give us another year. We'll fix this fucking movie. Yeah, we'll try it to almost make... seems like it was planned from the start, come to think of it. Nah, I mean, you're giving them too much credit if it's planned from the start. It was basically some executive got fired. Fix this! This is $100 million. You know how expensive Jim Carrey is right now? Yes. Okay, we could only afford James Marsden after that. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, right, for a guy who, like Jim Carrey, like, the amount of screen time he has is like, yeah. And what he does, I wouldn't say anything great. So... I would say, okay, you know what? Make it let's make it really official. Sonic review starts now. Overall opinions. What are your thoughts? I thought it wasn't too bad. I have to be honest because at the same time, I was ready to like, oh, this may. I mean, this might end up sideways or it might end up south. But after watching the entire show, it's like, okay, I can see why they did that because I have to remember. We have to remember. There's like, like we mentioned before, the Sonic has had a story told in the cartoons. In the comics, in the anime, even in the goddamn games. And then, how are we going to do something a little bit different, yet also kind of mainstream? Just basically take the concept of Hop, but make it better. And put more action scenes into it. So they hired James Marston, they got uh, the <laughs> guy from Parks and Recreation, I guess. Ben Schwartz to voice Sonic. Yeah. Capture the attitude, everything. And make a really cool story where Sonic ends up in the real world. Fighting against Robotnik, against machines. Got the beats all good. And, you know, this is actually targeted for kids, so... Again, and as far as kids' films go, I mean, there are worse things to watch, <laughs> like Doctor Doolittle. Or and Frozen 2. Yeah, Frozen, actually, Frozen 2 wasn't too bad. But everything else that came out after that, yeah, not so hot. But generally, as a kids' show and as something that's meant for Sonic fans, yeah, yeah it's actually not bad. I mean, it's not great, definitely. It could use a lot of work in terms of like how it panders to certain nostalgic bits and maybe it, it follows a very uh, generic story, but... For what it's worth, the performances were actually not too bad. I mean, James Marston works well with CGI characters, so why fix what isn't broken? <laughs> it was proven, uh, proven in the previous Watts movie. did a really good job voicing, you know, um, Sonic. Got the attitude down pat and the snarkiness, but also not being completely obnoxious, which is quite surprising. To be, yeah, quite I want to say one thing about that. Uh, I did not like Ben Schwartz talking. Really? So I'm, I have my, I have my own uh, reasons for it, but like okay, I mean uh, I think you're on the road. You keep going first. I'll, I'll okay, explain and later. Jim Carrey itself, himself, like you kind of expect this. I mean I knew it was gonna go for the '90s Jim Carrey based on the trailers, but yeah, definitely not the strongest point. But okay lah, it's like sort of like one step below Mask and uh, what's the other movie you mentioned, Dumb and Dumber. But okay, it's fine. You know, it's entertaining as a bad guy through and through. So. It's like, you know, they're doing this movie for fun, per se. I mean, they it genuinely looks like as if they enjoyed doing this kid's film about, like, pushing a video game character for marketing-wise and whatnot. And I mean, all I, in all, it's just fun. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's groundbreaking or really great or... Oh, no. Be no a we're not 10, saying that at sure. all. <laughs> no, no, no. But as far as as far as far video game adaptation is concerned, it's like, yeah, sure. You know, it is the most. It has the biggest opening for a video game movie of all time. Yeah, that too. And then you kind of see, like how it clicks together, like, it couldn't go for any other storyline apart from the whole, like, you know, Sonic has to make friends, make friends with the humans, and then fight Robotnik. And then, can we go into spoilers? Or any not sense? yet, not yet, maybe. Okay, I okay mean, yeah. And then there are some nods to, like, how the Sonic canon ties in, especially with certain particular 
characters and whatnot, but we won't go into that yet at all. I mean, this will definitely have spoilers, and I'm pretty sure those who are intending to watch Sonic the Hedgehog movie have already seen it, especially, you know, looking at the numbers. Yes. And if you haven't seen the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and you're just curious about it, yeah, we're going to spoil it, so... Uh, just a warning for everyone listening, yeah. So... Don't worry about the spoilers because yeah, there's there's no great mystery to any of this. So. Yeah, you knew it was gonna happen. This is a matter of how it unfolds and how they actually Tell set you what, it up. Let's let's just spoil it right now. The good guys win. Yes, <laughs> that's about uh, it. And apparently, tails pops up at the end. You know, through a portal. Because... <gasps> no, you couldn't mention that. Ah! <laughs> tails, and then like everybody listening. Who's and like tails? the and then the <laughs> enemies who attack Sonic earlier in the show in the movie were actually the Echidna race. Echidna race from yeah, you know, the knuckles, knuckles right. Yeah, yeah. I could tell from the dreadlocks. You know, like, oh, little baby predators. Yeah, it's cute. very, very obvious. Yes, that they're gonna sequelize the hell out of this film if they did Gangbusters, and I'm pretty sure they will. Well, yeah. okay, my turn. My overall impressions. Yep. And I've been known to make myself a bit of a purist here on the Last Man podcast, and I've been complaining about how a lot of film franchises have not been staying true to certain source materials, and um. Yeah, I didn't hate this movie at all either. <laughs> okay, I was actually know. sitting in the in the theater watching this, and I thought to myself, "Is like, yeah, I, I can't hate this movie because it's just sincerely trying to tell this story." Yeah, it has to be like an entry point, right, for people. Not just that, yeah. because compared to a lot of things that I've been complaining about, there there's no over sensationalist need to pander to demographics. It's just a very cute, safe kids movie. Uh, apart from a few Jim Carrey moments which I felt was very inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) especially that scene where he punches his assistant in the neck for no reason Yes, I was like alright that's a little bit too violent for a G rated movie (laughs) who decided to leave that scene in Uh, but yeah I would say when it comes to the character I have my problems with it uh, as I mentioned earlier Uh, the fact that it's not because Ben Schwartz is voicing him I have nothing against his performance or his take on the Sonic character but I have everything I'm against Sonic talking ah right, right I'm right. one of those guys I'm one of those guys who's like when I, when I play a game like Sonic the Hedgehog I don't imagine him speaking I, I've always imagined him to be the silent protagonist who speaks I mean he could not say speaks he communicates visually that like pantomiming right per se not yeah. just that he's like he's, he's like basically a descendant of like the perfect Disney character I mean, down to the white gloves and the shoes. It's basically like when he's pissed off with you, he'll look at his watch and stare right at you. When he's about to fall off that ledge, he starts, you know, waving his arms. When he's about to drown, he just, you know, hands up and just blobs his way away. And to me, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is should be played more like Gordon Freeman. He should have been mute. The same way is like giving Ronald Reynolds the voice Pikachu. That I I didn't mind the the comedy of it, but it's like nah, Pikachu doesn't talk. Sonic the Hedgehog doesn't talk. You know what I mean? Because if you play the video games, he doesn't say anything. Yeah. He just Unless you count the Sonic Adventures, that's when he starts blabbering his mouth. And that's and when I start getting annoyed with him because like, <laughs> yeah. Sonic, the Sonic the Hedgehog shouldn't talk because whatever voice you had in your head or whatever way he expressed yourself, like, if you remember like when you were a kid when you were 11 or 12 years old and you played Sonic the Hedgehog, he's like, you never th- looked at him and thought that. Like, he's he's a, like a fast-talking very witty kind of guy he just he looks like this very you know reluctant hero who just needs to save the animals mm-hmm. and like for them to characterize the uh, sonic the hedgehog this way 
I understand that it's also based off like you know the DIC cartoons when fucking yeah, yeah. Urkel like oh, yeah, real Urkel. white. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, I totally his other that. claim to fame besides yes. being Steve Urkel on Family Matters was being the Sonic. Voice of Sonic. Yeah. And he introduced the whole concept of how Sonic loves chili dogs, which sure, yeah. chili it's, dogs. It's ex- a cartoon thing. Yeah, and it exists in that universe. Yeah. Whatever you know, Mario eats mushrooms and he grows. Yeah, it's not a hallucinogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so for me. Uh, if I want to be a purist about the Sonic character, it's like whenever he talks, nah, that's not Sonic. I don't, I don't like this version of Sonic. Whatever character, like in the Japanese games, he's always strangely meant to be the romantic lead to some human for some reason. Yeah, which kind of sparked that whole deviant art thing. This so, is like from the anime, if I recall, and then it actually why did full circle into why did this Sonic catch game. on? Right, you know, yes. like what? Why is he? What's he doing with the human? And then, like in, on the American side, it's like yeah, that's too weird. But here's a kind of sexualized, a little uh, furry thing. Uh, Amy Rose, uh, pregnant Sonic, like you mentioned, pregnant Sonic. <laughs> Dude, don't go <laughs> I just there. got you, man. Holy shit. No, it's just like ugh. anyway. So, Sonic the Hedgehog. Me, I would have loved in the movie if they played him off as mute, and he had to explain things either through pantomime or through or writing charades, on the board or something, or writing really fast. You know, and that would have been an interesting dynamic for me because. Having him kind of be a buddy to James Marsden. And yes, I understand, like, uh, sure, he kind of grew up hidden in that town mm-hmm. because they needed to explain the whole, like, I'm, I'm, I'm the fastest thing on earth, but I'm also so lonely and I've been, like, kind of stalking all these people and I've been picking up on pop culture. Giving the names like Donut Lord or uh, yeah, you know, Pencil like, Lady. <laughs> so, like, that's how he acclimatizes to earth and how he's able to communicate with the, the human leads, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, sure. I mean, th- that's how you wrote your way out of it. For me, if the Sonic the Hedgehog movie did not have him jump through the rings and we just stayed in that world mm-hmm. with the echidnas and the owl and whatever, like, dude, that 3D rendering of the loop the loop and that. Oh, that like, was nice. Why can't <laughs> this be the whole movie? Yeah, I was just kind of wondering why did they went for the. I mean, I know it's Hollywood, they're going for the typical guy befriends uh, fish out of water kind of character storyline, but I kind of want to see that other story, like how Sonic. Like the first 10 power minutes, shit. Yeah. you know, like from baby Sonic all the way to seeing him escape the echidna attack, right? It's like, yeah. why do we need to escape to Earth? Why don't we just stay here on this planet? Yeah, it looks nice. <laughs> why don't you just use the ring to go to another part of the island further away from those echidnas? Yeah. Why do you need to go and travel across the galaxy? Yeah, so, why do you kill off that owl dude right away? I mean, you could have done something interesting instead of having him like a... Yeah! yeah. So it's like, I mean, you compare it to something like Hawk. I will compare this to another missed opportunity that happened back in the 80s called Masters of the Universe. Oh my god, that was like a the first 10 misfire. minutes when you're in Eternia, you see Castle Grayskull and yeah. Skeletor, and like, oh, this is an amazing setup. Oh, now we need to escape to Earth. And then yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, why couldn't Courtney Cox go over to Eternia instead? No. You know? Fuck Courtney Cox. Leave her alone. Let her stay there back in the 80s in her Bruce Springsteen music video. <laughs> I'm saying stay on Eternia. Why don't we just teleport to another part of Eternia far away from Skeletor? Mm-hmm. And then we build up resistance and fight. And we, we keep it all in fucking Eternia. So when I saw the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the Might first 10 minutes... budget reasons. <laughs> don't think of it. Budget reasons. You don't have to hire James Martin, Marsden. You can just have... Oh wait, yeah. How much does it cost to do a totally 3D movie now? Actually, not as much as hiring Jim Carrey and Vince Marston, most Bingo. likely. So, 
again, this might be executives trying to decide like, okay, we need to have some brand recognition. We have something like the Hedgehog. Yeah, but we, we need also like need that to open that that very simple storyline for people to actually have human. And we definitely need to have like you know what they do in a lot of uh, these Pixar movies was they have celebrity voice actors. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like Jim Carrey just voicing a, a CGI Doctor Robotnik would have been more than enough. Yeah. But we had to, somehow maybe contractually we need to show these actors' faces or whatever. Or maybe there is a budget that, you know, okay, we can't do everything in CGI. We can't hire the animators because sadly, all these animators lost their jobs after this movie. Oh my god, that's some. That's why Which I was is, actually very reluctant to pay money for this film because of that whole NPC thing. Like, oh, not, you only had to do Sonic once, but also redo him in the entire movie and maybe the trailer again. And like, the thing is, right, I've seen behind the scenes at Animation Hounds crunch time in an animation studio is not fun to oh my god and the fact yes. that almost 800 people lost their jobs because of this movie I'm okay I'm not gonna blame this movie totally oh dude dude, dude. even NPC had issues I mean remember that whole uh, life with Pi with Ang Lee and all that stuff I thought the they were the ones beforehand, who did, yeah. wasn't it Rhythm and Hughes it wasn't NPC yet. no no it was still NPC I remember there was mm. a documentary about that group yes Life after pie, I remember. So I mean, like, we can have an entire discussion about the whole, like, the, the problem with how Hollywood treats the, like, the VFX industry. Yeah, it's horseshit. But honestly. I'm saving that for an extra special technology episode. So hold on to your hats, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. But let's not uh, venture too far into despair. Let's stay within the the happy fun zone. And furry <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Happy so, Hill Zone. Yes. Usually, I review movies with my fanboy hat or my film geek hat, or you know, like. So as a film critic, okay, it's not great. It's a 3 upon 10, maybe 4 upon 10. Let me get that out of the way. Can I just be a fanboy for the rest of the review? Uh, yeah, I, sure, sure. I'll just give my review. I'll just give my rating lah as a fair person. Uh, fuck, this doesn't deserve rating. Yeah. If you want to watch it, watch it. Yeah, if you're a Sonic it. fan especially, you will enjoy bits and pieces of what it offers. And I think that's what really allowed me to enjoy this movie a lot more because because I'm a fan of the Sonic Hedgehog franchise like sitting there and watching that opening scene in I think was it Green Hill Zone no no Green Hill is the name of the town whatever world he's from yeah yeah that was the Green Hill Zone like you know when he was doing the loop to loop and then when he met the owl and everything that was still that same area okay oh wait no he then he goes to Hilltop or something right well, maybe you're right it could be Hill but definitely when Mm. he teleported it was the Green Hill town yeah yeah there you go so I mean like my number one complaint, we should have just stayed in that universe and we we didn't need all these live action moments. Yeah. But I guess maybe, you know, the demographics, the market research or like, oh, yeah. this uh, other movie did so question. well. Yeah, you didn't answer your own question. Remember when you said yeah. like, a lot of people did like, somehow enjoy seeing Sonic interact with humans in the anime and in artworks and even in the games. I don't think so. I guess that's but why they did this. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to disagree with you there uh, because maybe it's an untested property. Sega, this is their first foray as a film studio. Yeah, I guess very because first. It's uh, called Sega Films. I mean, technically they did have Sonic appearing in Wreck-It Ralph and a few other Sega characters, but that's it. No, Robotnik was in Wreck-It Ralph. And, Sonic, and also yeah. Sonic, yeah. It was a short yeah. cameo, yeah. So I would say, like, you know, yeah, I mean, his brand is still out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this movie lacks a whole lot of common sense. It lacks a whole <laughs> lot of reason to exist, but it does. Yep. Uh, there's nothing sincere about it. It's just trying to tell a, a cute little simple story about friendship and how, you know, with the power of friendship, you can, you know, trounce over evil. Done very well. Yeah. I mean, in general, I say I enjoyed the movie. 
my major complaints is there's not enough moments where you see him really go fast and the times when he does go fast they introduce some new uh, EMP style power where he can basically black out an entire community or like the whole slow motion uh, scenes where basically it's just doing what uh, X-Men did with Quicksilver but like you know, in first class like, right yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah. it's like you know, if things move so fast it must probably be really slow to him mm-hmm. which I I mean it had a few I nice imagine sentences. how he talks to James Marsden's character uh, Tom Wachowski like he must have sounded really slow in Sonic's head, come to think of it. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like, if you overthink it or if you decide to go that far, if you want to nitpick it, of course you're going to yeah, find Yeah, you nitpick like a kid's film. Yeah. But here's the thing. This is a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It doesn't deserve to be nitpicked. Just take it for what it is. Yeah. And I would say... Uh, it's meant for fans. It's meant for people who know what the heck a Sonic is, you know? Yeah. It's just nice. I mean... In, in that sense, yeah. I enjoyed it totally, but as a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, if the whole movie was just the first 10 minutes plus more then like you know like make it like how to train your dragon make it like you know anything like yeah this is uh second thing is that i think what we need to touch on is on the design mm-hmm. who yeah that's Sonic the hedgehog yes that's what he looks like making him i mean and the thing is it's definitely i would say a reaction to the other property which is detective pikachu having detective pikachu Oh, uh, hang out with Justice uh, the slash the kid detective like that made money that made mm. money and Sega looked at it and thought we have a character just like that we do our version but we have to scale it down so I mean again when I'm saying when it comes to the bean counters and the executives and the producers it's like okay we saw Detective Pikachu we need to do a slightly kind of uh, you know road tripish movie where we have references to like the, the lore and the catalogs but just basically about this video game character introducing, like being introduced to a human and how they discover their friendship through their differences and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, I mean, like this movie actually, I mean, the point at Hop is one thing, the point at Detective Pikachu or Masters of the Universe, it steals from so many other things because basically you can see how it rips off stuff like even E.T. back in the day. Yeah, he's, way he's back in the 80s, yeah. Here's an alien comes to Earth and then now it's up to this human to protect him from the government. You yeah, know, there you go. And, uh... I mean, but that's not a reason to hate the movie because it definitely borrows from a lot of things. It creates, it, it's it's a template movie. Yeah, but it's a it's, fun template movie. I mean, yeah. again, these are people who actually put a lot of work and heart in making it look like Especially the animators. Acting. Yeah, Sonic film. Yeah, I mean, like, there's also scenes, especially towards the end where the, sh- the shading doesn't quite fit and then Sonic kind of sticks out a little bit to me. Mm-hmm. And even at that point of time when I would be a little bit more harsh on other movies and, like, kind of say, okay, see... There's not enough polish. There's a reason for me to like, like dock some points. But for me, knowing that the animators are going to lose their jobs and the rush job that this was, I, I understood totally that I'm going to forgive any of the flubs in the animation or in the quality of the CG. Yeah, but that wasn't like very prominent. I mean, generally, the entire movie just flowed just great with uh, mm. Sonic CGI and the, you know, the backgrounds and everything, the real-life sets and everything all... Working just well, gelling it together for kids. Yeah, I, I want to say this, right? Uh, if it was the original design, yeah, nothing but Uncanny Valley. Yep. But here, the, despite the fact that he is designed to look like the video game character and less than whatever weird... Hybrid. Human teeth hybrid. That Do you up. know what I loved? I loved when one of the agents took out the picture of Sonic and it's yeah. that fucking 4chan version of Sonic. Oh, that was actually at the start when Sonic was narrating... Um, uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy owl call. Or he something, looks yeah. like this, and yes. he's like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> yeah. is that is that is, is that, that meme? meme version of Sonic?" Yeah, mm. I giggle quite a bit. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe the qu- the conversation should be, "What if they kept the original design? Would this have been a worse movie?" 
Most likely, yes, because you'll be like just watching and cringing, just watching the entire thing, definitely. But nothing but nightmare fuel to you. Yeah. Oh, and uh, another missed opportunity, like at the end of the film, after all the, ba- the bad guys have been teleported to a mushroom zone and all that, yeah, they played a piano rendition of the Green Hill Zone, and I'm like wondering, where the hell was this for the rest of the film? Where am I? What happened? What happened to like be creative with the Sonic music remixes for like the key action scenes or I some mean, beats you know, here and there? You know the answer because did Sega or whoever owns the rights is like, nope, we're only gonna allow you one. Yeah, perhaps it's that. Yes, and unfortunately, I don't think it has the same kind of emotional resonance as. For example, the final fight in Castlevania Season 2 when they did the Bloody Tears rendition in that gorgeous orchestra version. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I did like the arrangement though. I mean, the, I mean, for the Sonic film, when they did that, I was like, huh, this stands out. Yes, because I remember, play- I mean, we remember playing Green Hill Zone a lot in the first Sonic. So. Especially when you sucked at it and that's the, that's the only stage you could get through. Yes. <laughs> Here, here's my pitch for the, the second Sonic movie. Get all the EDM artists to remix the songs. Because uh, yes, I yes. would love to fucking hear like the, the a trap version of Chemical Plant Zone. <laughs> yeah, oh no, no. Even the fucking like, if you can give me a dubstep version of the Chemical Plant Zone theme somehow, oh. I would totally appreciate that. Because it's like the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, soundtrack mm-hmm. is ripe for remixes. And, like, oh, imagine yes. Starlight Zone with a house beat. Oh, Sky Sanctuary Zone for maybe a climactic scene. That was a really, yeah. that's a really awesome tune. You know, it'd be a perfect dubstep remix is uh, Casino Zone because Ooh, yeah. because that jazzy and then you wah 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 and it's like it makes sense because it's like I mean just shout outs to the people at OCR Remix mm-hmm. who's been doing all of this for free and for yeah, us yeah for like 20 years for longer fucking than that. 20 years okay go there okay <laughs> and um, I would say like I would have loved to hear like you know Missed opportunity whenever Jim Carrey walks on screen and it's like he Robotnik has a theme. Yes, they could they, he, they could have Darth Vadered him and like anytime he pops up, it's it's like you know, missed opportunity. And like, I mean, as much as I I also love that uh, that classical rearrangement of Green Hills on piano, dude. I would love to hear a full orchestra version of Marble Zone with just strings and a full like you know like timpani like drum section is like that would be epic sir yeah because when I see this and then when I compare it to like another video game adaptation um, Ace Attorney from uh, Takashi Miike they (laughs) use the soundtrack really well for that particular movie like the the cornered theme like the evidence scanning sh- stuff you know like they took mm. the themes and turned it orchestral during the you know like the objection scenes that, and I was like why couldn't they do this for the Sonic movies for like I mean I bits? think but there's enough fan service I mean we're not saying that there isn't any there's tons of fan service and yes yeah. there's a Tales reveal in the end which is sequel bait and I'm sure with the money it's making right now there's definitely going to be a sequel definitely and the smart thing to do and this is what I'm going to say I'm going to call it and I would say this is the best script right now and I'm coming up with it right now yes in Last King tradition, not only do we have all these EDM artists remix the songs, but we fucking Roger Rabbit it, where fucking James Martin goes to the Sonic world and he has to catch up with all the animals and he's yes. just fucking constantly be surrounded by all these little furry little... Like, dude. And there's gonna be like, you can do something with the echidnas in like the earlier bits, you know, because there's always just like a warring tribe thing in the comics. You could adapt that somehow. 
expand on the universe, create yeah, your yeah. own lore. Robotnik can care. turn Knuckles and his tribe against, you know, Sonic and stuff. That could work, yeah. you know. Like a classic good versus evil thing in the Green Hills in Sonic's world of Mobius. Yeah. Because like Think about it this way, right? One of the, the greatest action scene sequences of all time to me, right, is at the end of The Incredibles when you see Dash do his thing. Oh my god, yes. That was good And stuff. like, the blueprint is right there. Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you don't have that sequence. Yeah. You know what I mean? They had the slow down Quicksilver style sequence, but it's like, no. Now we need to see Sonic fucking do the Sonic boom. Yeah. Somehow introduce Chaos Emeralds or maybe Super Sonic where he gets Cyan and turns gold. Yep, that and would his be hair good. Yes. And like, just see him break not only the sound barrier but like he he bends like time because he's just that fast mm-hmm. and it's like there's so many possibilities with it hollywood give us a call we come up with all the great ideas yeah <laughs> okay right to us here at the last game podcast so in essence the sonic the hedgehog movie it's a fun time yeah i have nothing fun. to complain about it's not a great movie but as a franchise setup it could have done better things uh, as but a pure that- but it's good. I mean, again, not the best, but still all right. Yeah, I Fine. mean, I'm just saying this. Uh, it's like, there's a lot to complain about, but I'm willing to forgive all of those because, strangely enough, I did not know I needed this. It was a nice palate cleanse to all the stuff I've been watching recently. You assholes made me fucking review Birds of Prey and Bad Boy 2 back to back. God damn it. Yes. And I was thinking, like, this Sonic movie is going to be nothing but a total trash fire. Like, I was surprised. And thankfully, like, it wasn't. Yeah, thankfully, I, it wasn't. I, like, I thought to myself, I was like, Maybe, am I a fanboy? Am I being forgiving? I like, no, actually, it's just very well done. Yeah, yeah. I, it's up there with like something like Detective Pikachu. Like, well, there you go. There you go. There's, there's enough fan service. If you're a fan of the character, they don't mess with him too much. And don't worry, because Nightmare Fuel version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Will probably be will, like a DVD, uh, will be like a Blu-ray extra or something. It won't. It, it's forever <laughs> going to be logged as screenshots for, for people to complain about. But I would have loved if they did release that version in its entirety as an extra somewhere, somewhere down the road. Because it's like, you know, when you say Blu-ray, you want the new Sonic? Like, you know, the special edition Sonic? Or you want classic Sonic? <laughs> Nightmare Fuel Sonic. Quote, classic. Quote, oh unquote, you know? Oh my god, the original cut Sonic is like, <laughs> Oh gosh. Especially, like, I don't know, but yeah, he does, uh, I mean, he does look cute. Even fucking baby Sonic is gonna like, look really cute. Yeah, I want yeah. that plush toy right now. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, important question. Do you think this is gonna push Sonic's brand higher? Will people start buying the games or... Maybe not the games, but I can see spin-offs happening in another year or so. Like, if the second movie does well, like which is probably gonna be like another three years or so, maybe... Yeah, TV, like, maybe, like, cartoon series. Another, uh, a resurgence of cartoons, maybe. But then, like, Sonic Boom is still going, right? Or is it over? Uh, that one, I'm not too sure, because I don't keep track of Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom is basically Sonic Boom, just, like, the legs from the Nightmare Uh, Basically, Sonic. just a revamp of the story, you know? They still got the Chaos Emerald. Knuckles is now, like, a big, you know, a big tough guy instead of, like, what he was back then. <laughs> He's more like Uganda Knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. He knows the way. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, thought, I would love for him to work in that meme in the second song. Yeah. So overall, would you recommend Sonic the Hedgehog? Well, for fans, definitely. Definitely yeah. for that. Yes. I'm but a, for I'm people a... who don't know Sonic, yeah, you're not going to find much enjoyment out of it. I mean, I totally agree with you. If you're a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, they did not ruin your childhood, but they yeah. did have a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, Jim Carrey, for all his worth, I agree with you also totally. He's just hamming it up. He's just chewing scenery. He's yeah, not yeah. the reason to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, 
If they do do the sequel, less of the human world, let's take him back. He's got the rings now. He's got to be doing it in Mobius, basically, like the, yeah. the cartoon world. Nah, not even Mobius. Nah, just like take it back to like. Don't even give it the lore. Just yeah. make make your own new lore because, again, people are gonna parents who took their kids to watch this movie. Let me remind you: if you Google Sonic the Hedgehog for your child, <laughs> please turn on Safe Search. I urge you. Right now, if you're a parent listening to Last King Podcast and you're wondering, hmm, these guys know a lot about pop culture and video games, maybe they can maybe inform me about this Sonic the Hedgehog character. I'm sorry we had to wait until the end of the podcast, but No, we not... didn't mention this earlier at the start. Okay, but bit. let me remind you, yes. there's a very specific butthole of the internet that exists with Sonic quote-unquote fan art that you should not ever reveal to your child. Yeah, it's In NSFH, fact, not safe for humanity. <laughs> But, you know, I would say more like NSFWB, not safe for well-being. Yeah, thank you. That's a good one. <laughs> God damn it, because if you want to see fucking... No, literally, fucking. If you want to see <laughs> oh, pregnant Sonic and overweight Amy Rose somehow in a three-way, maybe Dirty Sanchez with Echidna somewhere in the middle... Yeah, that exists, and uh, please avoid it at all costs. Oh my god. <laughs> or maybe these are the people who went to watch the Sonic movie, furiously masturbating <laughs> in the theaters. Just waiting for that moment where, you know, you probably see like a little Sonic penis or something. Oh uh, my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I ruined everybody's childhood again. Yes. Yeah, and I'm still a Sonic fan. Lasting pa- uh, well, podcast, ruining things everywhere. We ruined it for everybody. Yes. We, we just ruined it for you. So Sonic the Hedgehog movie finally came out. Uh, we didn't ask for it, but we're not mad that it exists. Yeah, we're glad in a way that, you know, we glad had a fun way. movie to watch. <laughs> and a fun, we have a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It, 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 it's fine. It's the classic Shafiq review. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but please, watch Jojo Rabbit instead. <laughs> yes, or 1917. Yes. Unless you have a child and you want to do something this weekend. Yeah. Go ahead and watch Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's nice, wholesome, family fun. Except for Jim Carrey being a little bit inappropriate here and there. Uh, nothing that would uh, you need to kind of uh, explain to your child so to speak and um, yeah if you are a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog and you grew up with the video games and you are a parent right now with a child of age I would say this is an interesting this is a good way to not only introduce him to the character but probably might be the stepping stone for you to start playing video games with your child and develop that bond because I'm pretty sure there's tons of dads out there who's going to start dusting off their old Mega Drives and I had the video game when I was your age and then the kid is like playing Fortnite. Leave me alone, dad! <laughs> or just get it on Steam where it's easier. I think it's like, what, 2 US or 1 US? Or Even lesser. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure like, the Sonic as a collection can be bought for 5 bucks. Yeah. Or get the emulators. Sega has not been cracking down on emulator sites, so <laughs> unlike Nintendo, Sonic games are kind of easy to get. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. I'm not saying I know where to go. I'm not going to say where, but you know, again, when you Google Sonic, Safe search on. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I think we can end it. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to add to the Sonic the Hedgehog film? Um, not for the film. I mean, you pretty much just said what needed to be said. So, I guess um, I kind of am hoping that maybe ten years down the line, if Capcom gets his shit right, if Sega gets his shit right with the movies as well. We might eventually see a Sonic and Mega Man crossover like they had in the comics. You maybe. are really reaching far for this. I know, it's like maybe 10 or 15 years. We'll it's see. It's not going to work, sir. I know, I know. A man can dream. I mean, especially when that crossover that happened in the comics actually was pretty epic. Yeah. 
I would say this right if they can figure out a Rockman slash Mega Man movie somehow yep and I would say also make it CGI like really high quality CGI or even high quality anime I would be totally fine but just stick to the lore yep you know what I mean yeah it's all laid out for you yeah you just gotta do it yeah. and literally like the movie writes itself every 20 minutes he fights a different man and he gets his power he fights yeah. uh, Wily in the end he goes through a crisis of confidence but then he discovers that despite all the powers he's collected the power has always been in him he unleashes his first mega buster movie ends there you go I wrote the script for you guys there you go done last king always there with the ideas Hollywood yep. listen to us <laughs> yep yep and if you ever steal our ideas we're gonna sue <laughs> <laughs> We have documented audio evidence that we came up with it first. Yes. So on that note. Yep. Okay. This is me, Mr. Tuffy, the Flying Fox signing out. And this is uh, Shafiq Zone Act 2. Dun, 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 dun.